1: Welcome to Words of the Prophets, a podcast where we discuss the latest talks from the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My name is Todd and today I have with me my daughter, Aaliyah. How are you today, Aaliyah?
0: I'm very good. How are you?
1: I'm doing good. How are you feeling being back in Provo?
0: I feel great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> good. I'm. Uh, I'm disappointed you're not sitting here next to me, but such is life.
0: At least um, now you won't laugh when you do the intro
1: that is true i will be very very serious about it <laughs> uh, <laughs> why don't you share with us a life update
0: um well i'm in provo just living the life i got accepted to work at the mtc <laughs> there we go spanish cool. and uh yeah just hanging out <laughs> nice.
1: that's what i was fishing for you're yeah, you're okay. gonna work at the mtc that's awesome
0: Yeah, I'm super excited.
1: And I worked at the MTC when I got home from my mission, teaching Portuguese. So we got a father-daughter thing going on here. So (laughs) I'm I'm excited to see what your experience is like. Great. Well, we also have with us today our resident power couple, Burke and Rivka, um, (laughs) spiritual power couple. How are you today, Burke?
2: I'm doing great, enjoying my Saturday, and I'm continuing to wage my personal war against all the pollen in the air. My immune system hasn't, <laughs> hasn't won yet, but it's trying. It's trying hard.
1: <laughs> How does one wage a war against pollen, Burke?
2: <laughs> There's a lot of crying involved, um, <laughs> nose blowing, and sneezing. Yeah, not as many naps as I'd like, but yeah, I'll see you uh, at
1: some point. Awesome. I yeah. love it. Uh, Ripka, how are you today?
3: I am feeling wonderful. Not nearly as uh, slayed by the pollen as Burke is. So <laughs> uh,
2: no, no, I'm slaying. I'm winning.
3: Unfair. I'm winning. <laughs> <laughs> winning. Uh, I guess what I mean is I'm on the fringe of the battle. Maybe that's how I should say <laughs> that.
1: Excellent. Uh, how long does pollen last in the Pacific Northwest?
3: All year. Not yeah. really. Well, it feels like that <laughs> sometimes. I feel like there's always something blossoming here, but
1: Yeah, it's
2: like it's always bad, but sometimes it's worse. And <laughs>
3: <Yeah. laughs> right yeah. now
2: it's worse. Well, this spring's been really warm and so yeah. yeah. So <laughs> the, oh, the pollen has been bad. Fantastic. But also yeah.
3: But also it's been sunny and warm. So that's yeah. awesome. Yep.
1: Yeah. You win some, you gotta, soon. Yeah. Yep. Take what you can where you can, right?
3: Yep.
1: Well good. Um Let's uh, wage war against Satan by talking about our general conference talk today. It is called, (laughs) There Can Be Nothing So Exquisite and Sweet As Was My Joy, by Elder Craig C. Christensen of the Seventy. I am extremely excited to talk about this wonderful talk. And we'll start with Aaliyah. And Aaliyah, what was your fundamental doctrine?
0: Um. One of the parts that I really liked said redemption by and through the Savior, Jesus Christ, makes joy possible. And so I think that for me is a pretty good summary of this whole talk. But um, the doctrine that's taught in the talk is that we can feel joy through repentance and repentance comes through Jesus Christ.
1: Awesome. So how does did you say redemption or repentance?
0: Redemption is what okay. the sentence says. the quote.
1: Okay, so read but the quote one more time It also works with me. repentance
0: too. Sure, it does. <laughs> it uh, says, Redemption by and through the Savior Jesus Christ makes joy possible.
1: Okay, so how does that happen, Aaliyah? How does redemption make it possible?
0: Um, Because <laughs> there's a lot of things that are tacked on to us uh, emotionally, spiritually, when we have sin in our life. And the only way to unburden ourselves of those weights is through repentance and redemption, being forgiven.
1: Awesome. So redemption, um, helps to relieve some of the weight of mortality. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay. And we'll talk about It says makes joy possible. We're going to talk about the definition of joy in a little bit. So we will move on to Burke. Burke, what was your fundamental doctrine from this talk? All right. It's going to agree much with what Aliyah just said, but he says
2: early in the talk, my desire today is to strengthen the connection between joy and repentance. More specifically, the joy that comes when we repent and the feelings of joy we experience as we invite others to come unto Christ and receive his atoning sacrifice in their lives.
1: All right. I love when the fundamental doctrine is right at the beginning of the talk, makes makes it easy to know what he's going to talk about. Yep. Um, but tell us more about that quote, Burke. What did it mean to you?
2: I don't know that I had ever specifically thought about the connection between joy and repentance. So when he started this talk, I thought, oh, good, I'm going to learn something new. And I don't know <laughs> if I learned anything new, but it was rephrased in a way that I hadn't thought about it before. So,
1: Okay. So that's an interesting statement, um, that you hadn't thought a lot about the connection between joy and repentance. I feel like it's been a more central focus of, of conference teaching in recent years. So I'm certain you've heard it, um, but perhaps that's not the same.
2: Well, I, I still think about repentance a lot of times being, what am I doing wrong? And I need to go fix it and less about how can I find joy?
1: By right so okay has the recent emphasis changed any of that for you particularly president nelson's discussions about it
2: i definitely do it with more purpose and with more frequency than i used to and therefore yeah it has changed me
1: okay awesome great i love it well we'll talk more about the connection here on the rest of the talk but now we're going to go to Rivka. So, Rivka, what was your fundamental doctrine?
3: Well, mine includes what I think you were saying when you said, we're going to discuss the definition of joy later. Yeah. That's what mine was.
1: Let's do it now. (laughs)
3: Leave it up to Rivka (laughs) to give us a definition. Indeed. (laughs) Uh, Don't worry. There's also a definition inside this definition for you. Um, Oh, inception. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So, he says, in the scriptures, the word joy typically means much more than passing moments of contentment, or even feelings of happiness. Joy in this context is a godly attribute found in its fullness when we return to dwell in the presence of God. And attribute is a quality or feature regarded as a characteristic or inherent part of someone or something. And the message in this talk for me was that more than just an emotion, even a deep emotion, Joy is a godly characteristic that can be developed as part of who we are, not just something that we experience. So
1: <laughs> wow,' I'm,
3: st- I'm still working on that one. like I've been thinking about it all week and there's still some things that I I don't quite understand about that. and I think some of it comes down to the language thing like with love, <laughs> where there's different ways and facets to look at that word. And I think maybe in the celestial language, there is a word for this characteristic that we develop that is an attribute of our father in heaven and our savior and the emotion that we feel that is deeper than just what we would define as happiness. So it's kind of split this idea into two for me. And, um, yeah. So this idea that joy is an attribute and a characteristic that we can develop and be, and something we can become that influences the decisions that we make or, you know, that's inherently part of who we are, even if we're feeling emotions that don't feel like happiness or what we would define as joy.
1: So joy is something that we can work on to be a part of our our person, not just an emotion we feel. So what does that look like, Ravka?
3: Well, I was trying to think through that this week. And kind of one of the ways that I'm trying to sort that out is if like, I was thinking about other characteristics or attributes that we can have, like honesty. That's mm. a characteristic we can develop, but we would never say like, I woke up this morning feeling kind of honest. It's <laughs> not you know, like, that's not an emotion that we feel.
2: <laughs> I wake up every morning feeling that way. <laughs>
3: or charitable some mornings we don't feel that charitable maybe, but, but charity is a good (laughs) one though,
1: Rivka, because it kind of is an attribute and an emotion at the same time too.
3: Kind of like we feel giving, but we wouldn't like, we wouldn't define it as an emotion. Like we would say, like, I feel, um, I don't know, sad or I feel Right. 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 You know, or I feel amused, when we say like i feel charitable what we're saying is there's something in me that is pushing me to be or to to do things that are charitable or to or to behave in a situation in a charitable way and i think the same thing goes with honesty as an attribute like it's something that we develop and that and that we are that causes us to react or behave in specific ways in different situations. And so I think one of the things that, that I was learning from what he was saying in here is that joy is that same sort of thing that we can develop the characteristic and the attribute of joy that then affects the way that we react or act in certain situations.
1: Very interesting. (laughs) So just to extend the analogy further. So if we have developed the attribute of charity um, whether we're feeling particularly charitable or not, if somebody, I don't know, um, is in need, then we, we seek to assist them in some way because that's what a charitable person would do. Is that
3: yeah, sort of like what you're saying? It's like that spiritual attribute at, when it's strengthened overrides the natural man tendency to be uncharitable, mm. you know? So ah, like I see. later on, he Well, he quotes the scripture um, that we are that – or man is that we might have joy. Um, and I thought it's interesting that it doesn't say that we might feel joy, but that we might have joy. So uh-uh. again, kind of this distinction between just an emotion and something more. Um, and, and then later he gives the example of Alma – in the Book of Mormon, who was racked with eternal torment. And he had this, this massive conversion, this massive change in him. So he said, there was no- nothing so exquisite and bitter as were my pains. And then he says, there's nothing so exquisite and sweet as was my joy. And if you look at the the life that he lived before, when he was acting from a soul that was Bitter and in pain versus when he was acting from a soul that was healed and and with joy, it influenced everything that he did. And that change, I think this goes with what, like, Aliyah and Burke, as you were bringing up the, the repentance. And through Jesus Christ, that change happens and we develop that characteristic as we repent and as the Savior changes our hearts to have. To have joy, to be joyful, even even if we're in situations that are difficult or we're experiencing grief or sadness, we can still have joy or or have a soul that is joyful because that's a change that happens in us, not an emotion we're having. Great. (laughs) I like I said, I'm still kind of working on this concept. Sure,
1: sure. In some ways, if you think of it um, like, you know, charity or faith or hope, a lot of those are spiritual gifts. And um, mm-hmm. he talks later about having the spirit is having joy. And so you can't have a spiritual gift unless you have the spirit with you. So, anyways, it's um, interesting to think about oftentimes the joy I feel has nothing to do with. Um, a specific emotion, but more that just the Lord has given me this gift of being joyful. Like maybe a sort of like where it says Joseph Smith was had a native cheery temperament. Um, mm-hmm. a temperament instead of emotion, which is a little bit different. So, um, I don't know. Lots of layers there. Lots of, of complexity. Um, Burke, do we need to square that up somehow, or or reconcile it with the scriptures describing the Savior as? a man of sorrows, well acquainted with grief. Perhaps, but I'm not
2: sure I can do that. (laughs) (laughs) I I was going to say, the other thing he talks about here is how in this life, joy can have, let's see, why don't I just read what he says here? Because we live in a fallen world, enduring joy or everlasting joy often seems beyond our reach. And then mm. a little further down, he says, all can experience peace and occasions of joy in this life and receive a fullness of joy in the life to come. <laughs> yeah. So when we read that Christ was acquainted with sorrow and a man of grief, I think what that means is he came down to this world and endured what we endure. So,
3: yeah. Oh,
1: I like that.
2: That of was course, exactly
3: the thought I had this week when that came to mind too. Was that maybe it was an explanation of just mortal experience.
1: Right, right. Okay, I like it. Aliyah, what were you gonna say about it?
3: Um
0: I would put forth that sorrow does not equate to an absence of joy, mm-hmm. um, but actually adds to it in the long run.
1: Oh. Um
0: there's another talk called Consistent and Resilient Joy by mm-hmm. F- uh, Budge, maybe, I think is the last name. Um but, anyways, it talks about how like sorrow is like the wind that sweeps out all the leaves and, and like there's a there's a whole metaphor and stuff but anyways um it just i don't think it detracts from our joy i think it just makes it our capacity to feel joy that much greater so christ feeling sorrow um i don't think that means that he was any less of a joyful person um i think it actually made his his ability to feel that greater and actually he this is kind of a somewhat connected topic, but in this talk, he mentions that um, Christ felt joy in regards to like his atonement.
3: Um, let me see if I can find the, mm. the quote. It's it's Elder Budge and it's from um, the October 2019 general conference, that talk. Okay, yes. C- uh, consistent and resilient trust. Oh, trust. Okay.
0: Yes. Um. So in this talk, okay, here it is. He says, We speak often of the pain and suffering of Gethsemane and Calvary, but seldom do we speak of the great joy the Savior must have anticipated as he offered his life for us. Mm-hmm. Clearly his pain and suffering were for us that we might experience the joy of returning with him to the presence of God. Um, so Christ did this really hard thing um, that's harder, you know, than anything else that's ever been done. Um, but... The joy that he anticipated in doing that and in overcoming that is, I'm sure, was great. I'm sure he felt lots of joy and he, I'm sure, looking back, feels it now, um, especially as we utilize his atonement. So when we repent, it's kind of the same way on a much, much, much smaller scale, but we're doing something hard um, that maybe we don't necessarily want to do, um, but When we do it, we can anticipate the joy that will come, and the joy that will become part of us as we as we become more like Christ.
1: Awesome. Okay, so the it's sort of like Lehi says we need, um, you know that the sorrow to or and Eve, then we need the sorrow to feel the joy. Right. Is the summary? I'm. I'm surprised you made it through that whole thing without referencing Inside, Inside Out. Inside Out. <laughs> yep, um, I almost did. <laughs> shocked when we we actually went to Disney World with Aaliyah's uh, friend a few months ago, and every time we saw anything involving the character Joy <laughs> from Inside <laughs> Out she was like repulsed (laughs) and she called it, she said toxic positivity. (laughs) Uh, So I thought that was pretty funny that, uh, joy was a little too cheery. So I guess in this context, not the same thing as joy. So, okay. Well, we've had an awesome discussion already about a variety of, of different parts of this talk and how they all fit together. Um, and, That helped us understand the connection between joy and repentance. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the joy of bringing others to repentance because he does talk about that. Um, Maybe we will go back to Aaliyah since you are fresh off a mission. Do you have any quotes from here that really stood out to you as you thought about that or perhaps um, anything from your mission that it brought to your mind?
0: Hmm. Well... Because repentance allows for someone to become more like Christ and feel more joy in their lives, it's always really cool to watch someone turn to the Savior and make those changes. And then you get to see the result that happens uh, from the outside. So there was multiple people that I taught where the more they learned and the more they acted on the message that we shared, the, the happier they looked every time we saw them. And they just had like a different kind of liveliness about them. Um, especially those who were going through trying to overcome addictions, the, the more they were able to do so, the happier they were. Um, so it was really cool to watch the change that happened to people. And then obviously that makes us happy when we see other people happy, it makes us happy. So.
1: Awesome. Maybe in some ways that's a part of how it's a Christ-like attribute is um, we help others repent. That's a very Christ-like thing to do, and that brings us joy. So I like that. Um, Rivka, let's go back to you. Any other quotes that you wanted to bring out here?
3: Um, He says, The joy we speak of is a gift for the faithful, yet it comes with a price. Joy is not cheap or casually given. Rather, it is bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. If we really understood the value of true godly joy, we would not hesitate to sacrifice any worldly possession or make any necessary life changes to receive it. Just again, a a quote to me that speaks of the significance of what this divine joy is Um, and something that was bought with, with the blood of the Savior. Also something that had not occurred to me before reading this talk
1: yeah that's a pretty interesting thought and again you have to make a strong distinction between enjoyment or happiness or something like that and divine joy to really feel and understand that right because otherwise just the the simple pleasures of daily life here on earth um, you know are not the same as this divine, divine joy that he's talking about. So
3: yeah so that I comes think from if, repentance. Right. And I think if in the context of I mean, I'm sure all of us can think of something in our life that was a deep grief or a deep sorrow or trial or struggle that we felt. And as we turn to the Lord in that and we feel I don't his rest, his peace, we use all these different words. I think maybe some of that thing that keeps us going and gives us hope and and Um, strength to endure those things is this joy that he's talking about. And so in that context, it would make sense to me that it's something that also comes um, to us through the enabling power of Jesus Christ.
1: Awesome. I love it. Great. Well, let's go back to Burke. Burke, what other quotes did you want to discuss here?
2: So much good quote. I like this little line where he says, when we choose to repent, we choose to change. We allow the savior to transform us into the best version of ourselves, which I believe is a quote from, of course, <laughs> President Nelson. <laughs> but I just like the idea of being even just a better version of myself and and then aspiring eventually to become
1: the best version.
2: I just love that idea. That's a happy thought. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I think it emphasizes, you know, he talks in here a few times about how you know, repentance leads to joy and being uncomfortable is not exclusive of feeling joy. When I think about being the best version of myself, it feels like one of these deep fundamental gospel truths that our natural man and the world just utterly reject and rebel against that the way to joy is through just doing whatever um, is fun or uh, you know, brings pleasure or diversion. And really it's this, this gigantic paradox where those things actually make you feel worse. And I, I mean, spiritually and scientifically we've, you know, we've talked about dopamine here before and how getting all those hits of dopamine actually make you feel terrible all the rest of the time. And, you know, I think the there's a growing connection between cell phones and depression and anxiety um and and so on and so forth Uh, but then you know to extend that out to the spiritual realm president nelson is you know talking about work and effort and in this talk um you know the whole talk is about repentance those things take time and effort and they don't feel great at the time Uh, just like exercising is can be painful and not enjoyable sometimes But what you feel on the other end of that is, is so satisfying to, to build yourself into a better person, you know, temporarily through hard work of developing skills, or again, taking care of your body or spiritually by allowing the atonement to change your heart over time and giving up those worldly things, um, it, it seems on the surface like it doesn't make sense. But then after you do the uncomfortable things, your joy increases much more than any difficulty or pain you had going through that process. So it's one of those amazing gospel paradoxes, the economy of heaven. You always get back out more than you could ever put in. So, All right, um, let's see. Let me just share one quote, and then we'll go on to invitations and promises. I feel like this talk had quotes in every paragraph that I loved, but I really enjoyed this one. It's brief. He just said, towards the beginning of the talk, we were created to have joy. It is our intended destiny as children of a loving Heavenly Father. I love the idea that that is one reason it's a divine attribute um, because our ultimate destiny is to become like our heavenly parents. And that means we will have joy when when we are like them. And, and as Burke referenced, hopefully we experience that in bursts here, just as we experience moments of divine faith and charity and in ways that are enlarging and beyond our natural capacity. And then hopefully one day as we continue to allow the atonement to work on our hearts. We grow into what we can be and should be, and we experience that divine joy as our destiny. So I loved that thought, eternal perspective. All right, let's go back to Aaliyah. What were some invitations and promise blessings that you found here? Or just give me one, actually.
0: One of them um, is actually quoted straight from the scriptures. It says, if it so be that you should bring, save it, be one soul unto me. So that's the invitation. And the promise is how great shall be your joy with him in the kingdom of my father. So if we bring other people to the savior, we will feel joy.
1: Awesome. And you already talked about experiencing some of that here on earth. So Mm -hmm. now and um, ultimately in the kingdom of heaven. Awesome. Um, good Burke. What invitations and promise blessings did you find? All right. So I
2: have a combined invitation and blessing here. And he says, I am a personal witness that repenting daily and coming unto Jesus Christ is the way to experience joy, joy beyond our imagination. So the invitation there is repent daily and come unto Christ. And the blessing is joy beyond our imagination,
1: which I would love.
2: I would love more of that
1: for sure. (laughs) Um, I, I totally marked that one as well. And it reminded me of Elder Uchtdorf, um, The Lord Will Do. It was unimaginable
0: Something things. unimaginable.
1: Yeah.
2: Here's the question
1: though, Todd. Is there a level of
2: joy that's beyond
1: your imagination? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is a great uh, question.
1: I don't know. Um, yes. I mean, there has to be by definition, but um, it's pretty easy for me to conceive of a, an eternity where I'm with my family forever and just joyful. Uh, so I don't know. I've said this before, again, I guess this is part of my quest to just be Mr. Unrelatable, but you know, I wake up like an eight out of 10 on the joy scale most days. And so it's pretty easy to tip me up to 10 out of 10. (laughs) Um, so there's gotta be an 11 and beyond that I can't imagine, but you know, by definition, I can't imagine it. So, um, Rivka. How about you? Any invitations and promises? Uh,
3: he, yes. This one's out of the Book of Mormon um, from the missionary Aaron to King Lamoni, who is expressing a desire for, for this very thing. And Aaron says, if thou desirest this thing, bow down before God and repent of all thy sins. And then Elder Christensen says, repentance is the pathway to joy because it is the pathway that leads to the savior, Jesus Christ. And I love that. So your invitation is to bow down before God and repent of your sins so that then you can be on the pathway to joy.
1: I love it. I, I I feel like that's, um, some of these invitations seem hard to access sometimes when we read them, like, Oh wow, they're so grand. And I'm just (laughs) like grinding away at my daily life. Mm -hmm. But I feel like this one can be experienced, maybe not a continuous joy that's life-changing and and then you just always feel joyful from that moment on. But everyone can repent and feel joy. And every time I have repented, I have felt joy. Every time I have seen someone come in and confess, they feel this instant weight off their shoulders, that Mm -hmm. sort of release of the worldly you know, cares and weights that we talked about. And it's maybe not um, euphoria like this, just gleeful joy, but it's just the sweet, exquisite joy of I've been carrying this burden and I got to set it down at the feet of the savior. And that is, you know, that's worth any price. It really, really is. Um, And it's an emotion and an attribute all mixed in one. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a gift. So Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I'll just reemphasize, go out, repent daily, and and you will experience joy. That's the invitation. That's the blessing. Okay. Our next talk is going to be called Trusting the Doctrine of Christ. Um, if you want to get a hold of us in the meantime, Ali is going to tell you how to do that.
0: <laughs> we have Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, Words of the Prophets Podcast on all of those. And then you can also email us at wordsoftheprophetspodcast at dmail.com.
1: And she's been doing such a better job than me of social media. And she even posted a clip, an audio clip this week, which, you know, I never would have bothered to do. So thank you for being better than me at social media. Um, And thanks to everyone else for joining us today. And until next time, keep the faith. If we teach by the Spirit,
0: and you listen by the Spirit, some one of us will touch on your circumstance, sending a personal
1: prophetic epistle just to you.